Welcome everyone to Intelligence the Rocks. This is Antonio. And today we have a special guest to discuss our topic, which is self-esteem and addiction. Her name is Dr. Rachel Kaplan. She's a social clinical research specialist in the Frankfurter Graham Child Development Institute at the University of North Carolina Chapel. She's also the wing beneath Elizabeth Wings since they met in sixth grade. Yes. Good morning, Rachel. Thanks for joining us and uh, and uh, helping us with this uh, very uh, important topic that is uh, our self-esteem um, keep us from uh, getting better or self-esteem also is a part of the problem that we have without any substance abuse, particularly in alcoholism. So welcome. Thank welcome again. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and part of this project because, as you said, Elizabeth and I have known each other since we were 12 years old, actually 11 years old. So we, you know, she's one of my favorite people in this world. So I'm happy to be here on her show. Well, great. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, again, this uh, this thing with uh, addiction and self-esteem, one of the questions that he has, uh, that I had or that we've been tossing around was um, the, the thing that if, that low self-esteem will make us an uh, easy target for any type of addiction or is part of it. It's a risk factor, uh, maybe that uh, low self-esteem creates your higher chances to do a, a behavior that is not uh, going to help us get better because we think that we have we are not worth of it. You know, we have a low self-worth. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on that? Well, First and foremost, I think that um, having a strong self-esteem, a positive self-esteem is tied to a strong sense of self and having clearly defined consistent values and goals in your life. And that allows one to live with integrity. You know, you live by a code, you keep that code. If something is a threat to it, you fight it. And um, I think that all if that's something that's foundational for um, recovering from addiction and from, as you said, um, making yourself less likely to fall susceptible in the first place. And so when you have a lot, lack of a strong sense of self, then that makes you way more susceptible to influences of others and makes you much more likely to seek validation from others. And if you don't have a strong sense of self, then your whole worth is tied to what other people are thinking of you, what other people, um, whether they're approving of you. And then this can lead down a slippery slope, as we all know. Uh, then it's come down to a negative consequence, right? So we we have this already as a low self-worth or self-esteem. And then we think, uh, I, I want to throw here a term that I don't know if it's adequate. Uh, we self-medicate with uh, alcohol, thinking that this will soothe or temporarily allev alleviate our feelings. And then it, it does for a little bit, right? But then I think it masks or it keeps us from the, the, the bigger problem, right? That first of all, we have this tendency to just consume or keep drinking. But then um, it, it becomes a cycle. It's, um, we start having negative experiences or whatever positive experience that we have, they don't, we don't record those because we have all these other problems going on with us, right? You know, that was, I got out of that for other things that are 
have to do with a medical condition, basically, right? That it was a point that if I don't get out of that, I'm going to stop, stop having a heartbeat. And then through that, I start finding myself or get, try to get the, 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 it was worth living, right? It was a slow motion bullet that was heading to my head. Basically, the alcohol right. that I had, right? So I, I moved my head and just feel really close. But how okay. that in other circumstances can um, just be uh, chronic, right? Can you have chronic low self-esteem? Is that something that can be cured in other circumstances or how, how, how we uh, treat low self-esteem in, in clinical aspects of it? No, I mean, it, it definitely can be treated, but as you were saying, you um, stopped drinking primarily because you your health was in danger but you stayed sober because you worked on yourself and developed a strong sense of self and developed your self-esteem. And as you know, a lot of people don't do that and they fall back into um, out of recovery and then they actually can drink themselves to death. So it's not a given that just because you're medically needed to stop that that was enough. So you, you had to do work on top of that. And the answer to the question, can you you're a low self-esteem. I mean, absolutely, but it differs for every person. And sometimes it takes the right people coming into your life, the right people to care about you. And sometimes it really does take, um, as you learn in, in AA and, you know, as a belief in a higher power, um, something bigger than yourself. Because when you're so trapped in your own world and your own needs and your own misery, it's hard to get out of that rabbit hole of thinking. So one of the one of the major cures for low self-esteem is to get people to recognize that there's things bigger than them. There's things important, more important than just themselves that they can be a part of. And and then that gives them a sense of purpose. Hey, Rachel, just I just had a question. Do you think that maybe Having low self-esteem is a little selfish, thinking that is is my misery, my thing. Yes. I'm not gonna share it. This is my ugliness, whatever I have uh, as a soul, and I'm 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 not gonna get out of it. Do you think that I I, I just don't because you may, yes. like, we need to recognize certain things and but we need to yeah is that something that we need to recognize that or how we determine who is to tell us that we have low self-esteem. Because as an individual that had it, right, I I did not want to tell anybody, but through my actions or lack of, it was showed that it was a low self-esteem. You know, I, I was overweight, I was poor diet, poor exercise, you know, low performance on my professional life. But how that, it's a little bit selfish, you know, even that is self-destructive also, of course, right? But uh, Well, uh, it, it can be selfish if you are focused on it, if you wallow in it. Um, and, you know, what something you just said just sparked something in me because we can sometimes, because of our low self-esteem, not be aware that we're affecting people around us, that we're affecting those that love us. And I know that myself, my addiction um, has to do with being eating disordered. Um, but I, I remember just always thinking, oh, I'm just hurting myself. I'm not hurting anyone else. My my sickness isn't doing anything to anyone else. And that's an absolute fallacy. Of course, you're hurting. If you, if anyone cares about you, you're hurting them. 
through your behavior. So in that way, selfish, a low self-esteem is selfish because you really are not aware that you are affecting people around you. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I see that. I, well, I, I hear that what you say. And yes, it's very, very, very evident. You know, it's, it's very, very real. In, uh, I've been, this, this month, I'm going to be uh, two years sober. And many things that I have noticed is obviously improvements health-wise, uh, improvement on the mood. And it, but one of those things that I, it's taking a, a little bit of time is to really value the importance of the not not only the self-esteem, you know, as you say that 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 we we reinforce the uh, our reason to be alive, right? And that has to do with the self-esteem, I think, of self-worth. And the other than just sounding, you know, very happy and cheer everything that you go and say, yeah, we can do that. There are also moments that is silence, right? That you just need to perhaps witness somebody somebody else go through the process, you know, in certain groups, it's called the rock bottom. But uh, in, in, a, in a mental or a, or a depression or self-esteem situation, is there a, a, a factor there or a, a point that we can be in danger of doing, uh, of just completely just giving up on any possible solution or in, in a reason to whatever do and then just leave? I don't even yeah. I don't know what to do, you know, it just loves your existence. And then as you say, you know, somebody will, someone will drink the, themselves to die or, you know, with other disorders, just, just keep uh, gambling or I don't know, other, other things that can happen. How we recover from that or how, what, what basically a coping mechanism that we can share that uh, at least give people hope that, hey, there is something that we can do to cope with this uh, thing. You know, we had, uh, talk to uh, other people on this podcast and it says, you know, they mentioned coping mechanism and it's very important that also, is there any other tool that, you think that we can do or we can share with uh, the people that listen to this podcast? Well, one thing that I always, you know, I am a expert in early childhood, so I give advice to parents, but this is advice that can be given to anyone dealing with anyone who is behaving self-destructively. But one thing that's important is for encouragement to develop your own interests and your own sense of what makes you happy. And it can be absolutely anything like you and Elizabeth right now are doing this podcast that is taking your energy. It's taking your um, effort. You, you have to think about it. You have to keep to your schedule because people are waiting to hear you. So it, it makes you have to be accountable and it also gives you joy. So these are the kind of things. And you also know that if you were to start drinking again, you would ruin this. And so those are the kind of things you need to develop very strong purposes of, for yourself. And it can be absolutely anything. If you're an artist, it can be drawing. You can It can be singing. It can be, you know, doing a sport, riding horses. Developing a podcast, like I said, it's it's really about developing who you are. So then you don't you're not you're not afraid of anyone or any outside influence leading you off that path because you're very strong in yourself. Okay, can can this be also? And again, I'm no expert on this healthcare or mental health issues. Can this be also like a part of your emotional intelligence or or not? I, you know, because we're talking about emotions. You you mentioned that. 
the reasons or the motives why we do things. You know, you say, you know, uh, with uh, Elisa, we do these podcasts. We try to do other outreach programs uh, independently, each of us or other people that are, I don't know, do other things to help this. Um, but also it has to do with the acceptance, right? That you cannot hide it and be open about it. Or, or how, because that also, I, because other people will think, what would people think about me, right? And I don't know, right. we talked about that uh, a week ago about the shame and guilt and you don't do things because you are afraid what other people think or or how would you look in front of something. And uh, uh, some, there is, uh, let me just, this happened uh, a few a few months ago. I volunteered as a PTO or something, something in my kids' school. And one of those, I introduced myself. And I say, hi, my name is Antonio. And instead of saying my kid's name or something, I said, hi, my name is Antonio and I'm alcoholic. So I just came out right there in front of 300 parents. <laughs> and it was not a problem, right? It was not a problem. Actually, I think that quite a few parents, I have seen them around you know, looking for some help, right? But what do you think about that? How how we approach that emotionally? Because it, it had to do also with emotion. Uh, or, or what's your take on that? Oh, yeah, emotional regulation is key. And and again, you know, I think being able to talk to a therapist, being able to actually seek out some mental health services is is a wonderful thing that I think is becoming more um, accepted. You know, people used to think that um, that was a shameful thing to do. So I think every single person on this earth can benefit from um, a, a therapeutic outlet, first of all. And then Yes, de developing your um, emotional intelligence, as you're saying, or your self-regulation is, to me, all tied back to, again, having a strong sense of who you are. And so you're not behaving a certain way because you're afraid that you're going to look bad. You're you're going to behave the same way whether people are looking or not. I always say that. Well, you you know something is at your core. It's a core value of yours if you will do it whether someone's watching or not or whether you know you can get away with it or not. And I think that you saying, you know, my name is Antonio and I'm an alcoholic. First of all, it's because, you know, you obviously got used to saying that at meetings, but it's also because that is part of who you are and you are proud of who you are. And that it's just like you, you know, I'm Rachel, I have blue eyes. You have this as part of your identity and that you own it and you're accountable for that. And that's what also leads you to be able to take, still control your your life, you know, take power over yourself. Yes, yeah, that's that's very true, you know. And that is, uh, and you know, at the beginning, you know, a few minutes ago, you mentioned integrity, you know, validation. And then there was a, another word that came out recently in, in another group I said it, it was recover your dignity, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that was also taken away. I think it's part of it, part of the self-esteem. Absolutely. I mean, that loss of dignity is what, it, it's completely tied to self low self-esteem. And as you said, you get in this cycle of continuing to do destructive behaviors, which then make you help, hate, your, help, hate yourself more and make you do more and more things that embarrass you. And, and then you need to further um, escape from your shame by continuing the destructive behavior. And yeah, it's a vicious cycle. And it's not always easy to take that first step out of it. And unfortunately, some people 
never do. Um, unfortunately, some people's bottom is actually death or, you know, hurting themselves to a point they can't come back from. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of us are able to, you know, cling, you know, have some glimmer of hope or something that we're, we're not completely lost. So you didn't hate yourself so much that you really wanted to die when you discovered that your health was in danger, whether it was because you had some reasons to live or whether it was because of your children, you had some reason why that was scary enough that you took steps. Yeah. And, and, and it's different for everyone. Yes, well, great. You know, it, it was great, great uh, conversation with you. I, I know that we, we all of us, uh, we have... Uh, a brief, a brief uh, moments today to to keep going with our professional lives, and I really appreciate your time today. And certainly, we will invite you again if you accept our invitation, because we have so many things to continue talking about. But it, it was uh, great having you as a uh, as our guest, and uh, it's thank uh, you. We will be uh, we will be certainly in touch, and I, I really, really appreciate your your uh, your uh, input on this uh, podcast. I think it was it's going to be very, very meaningful to a lot of our people that. Uh, Listen to this podcast and again, uh, Dr. Rachel Kaplan, thank you very much for uh, for being today with us. Thank you. All right, and uh, I think that uh, Lisa, hopefully, she she recovers from uh, whatever her voice went. So, thank you very much, and uh, again, uh, we will uh, listen to you in the next podcast next week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.